we just do this all the time. We're always looking at different um, at different properties, and then uh, you know we might get a remarketing ad following us, and then it's like sure. we pop it up, and it's a carousel, and uh, and it's just completely out of order. You're listening to Reply Talk, a podcast designed to provide actionable marketing strategies and valuable insights around apartment marketing, hosted by Corbin Wright. Facebook advertising 101. Let's start it out. What do you want to start with? What what, what part? Uh, How do we set it up? How do we do it? How do we meet fair housing? Let's do. Let's start out with fair housing. Okay. All right. That's like the hot topic right now. Um, Fair housing. Everybody's kind of freaking out. You know. Let's dive into that a little bit. Sure. You like the you like the Facebook advertising guru? No, not not (laughs) even close. Come on now. Um, I just read a lot, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, a lot of people are worried with fair housing. Right, uh, you know they're pulling back a lot of the targeting restrictions, whether it be location, demographics, things of that nature. So, you know, one of the things that that's really important in running those ads is just making sure that you've paid attention to all the fair housing guidelines, and you're not doing things that are going to flag your ad mm-hmm. to not get approved. But what Facebook's gotten really good at lately, I was going to say, um, is preventing an ad from even going live. If yep. it's not meeting those those fair housing guidelines, so it's really hard to get in uh, an apartment marketing Facebook ad or Instagram ad out there and even approved because they're because Facebook will will shut it down it. first. Yeah, they'll flag it. So it, it's become um, kind of a Facebook thing where they're they're shutting it down. So it, it's um, it's very hard to get one of those live now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a good point. But before they started putting in all the stuff in place, and right. there's still some cases where it could go through, uh, do's and don'ts, like, what shouldn't you do? Well, I think one of the things you definitely should do, right, is make sure that you've got plenty of photos. Make sure that um, you're using the carousel feature. Make sure you've got some video. Make sure you're using the slideshow feature, right? You want to feature your apartment, um, and all the the great things about your apartment, right? Yeah. So you want to have a lot of great content in your ads. That's that's definitely a big do. And it sounds sounds really easy, right? But we see so many ads out there that are just like one picture of the pool, yep. right in the winter. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, great! I'll never get to use that, or I will in six months. Absolutely. How's that relevant? Yep. So, so. really creating some relevancy uh, in your ads. Take into consideration the season, you know, seasonality and and, and what's going on, um, and make sure that it really speaks to them. But I think you know that was one this one thing that we really harp on is kind of creating a story around uh, around your ads and uh, and making sure that that kind of you know that tells a story through. We like to use carousel ads, um, and you're going from putting in you know a nice exterior shot, you're putting in lifestyle shots, you're putting in interior shots. So you're really just showing the full picture right. rather than one picture um, and hoping to that that person likes that picture. Right. But another thing that Facebook does, uh, you know, they're like Google. They're pretty smart. And uh, they do it to where they choose the card for you from the most activity. So that's always yeah. going to show up first. And I know right. you've seen some pretty funny stuff on, on this that people don't, uh, people don't necessarily know. Is that uh, I forgot about that? <laughs> is uh, is that they choose this card that gets the most activity, that gets the most clicks or the most leads, right. um, and they're going to push that first. So, so if you've got 
seven. In, it's funny that you, you brought that up, right? So, you know, let's go back to the beginning. So, you know, you get the option to choose like a regular ad, one picture, um, a carousel ad that can be anywhere from, uh, I believe it's two, three, four, up to eight cards or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but those eight cards don't always stay in that order. Nope. Right. And piggyback off of what you're saying, some, t- you know, Facebook's going to pick the best performing ad and what they mean by best performing ad or what we mean by best performing ad is if there's a call to action on your carousels yeah. or on each card, um, the one that's getting the most clicks, like you said, uh, is going to be the one that's often shown first. Yep. So if you start putting text in that line of cards, what you think is going to stay in order? You're, you're telling a numbered story. That's not the story you want to tell. One. Uh, yeah. You don't want to start out with like your text and then just like expect it to flow properly because it's definitely not. And we've ran into instances changed, yeah. uh, where we'll come up on a, uh, on an ad, um, because like we just do this all the time. We're always looking at different, um, at different properties. And then, uh, you know, we might get a remarketing ad following us and then it's like, sure. we pop it up and it's a carousel and, uh, and it's just completely out of order. Right. So, um, it's great to tell a story, Yeah. but do know, uh, that Facebook does choose the card with the most activity if you're going to run a carousel ad. Um, So some other do's. Well, and I I do want to take a step back to that. You know, if you, if you have run that carousel ad for 30 or 60 days, right, you should, whether you're doing it yourself at the community or, um, you know, on a marketing team level, or you have an agency doing it, um, you should be analyzing those cards and analyzing the performance um, and using those cards in photos for other advertisements or paying attention to the one that's performing the most and selling that feature the most, you know, use that information to your advantage. It's clearly the highest performing or, you know, the one that people are most interested in. So that, I mean, that's easy data to tell you what's the best, what's the best selling feature or what people are most interested in yep. um, at that point in their journey. So it's definitely, you've got to use the data to your advantage. Absolutely. Another cool thing, too, that I like about cards, like you can put floor plans up there. You can see what floor plan is getting the most activity. Um, or if you're trying to push a certain floor plan and you might not understand, like, why it's not why it's not going, put it up there with the other ones and, uh, you know, starting price. Maybe maybe you've got a pricing issue. Um, you're just completely outpriced. Right. Um, but there's, a, there's some cool stuff that you can do with Facebook. But let's dive into a little bit about quality because we get this question a lot. Facebook does not drive quality leads and, um, or yeah, we, we, we get that, we get that quite a bit and there are situations where it can't or where it can drive unqualified leads. Well, and I think that's one of the, you know, a huge concern in, you know, with all the regulations with fair housing now is you, you know, you can't get targeted in, um, a lot of the things that you're doing, um, whether, you know, we're talking about location, some of that other stuff. So, um, You've got to get strategic, right? There's got to be those little pre-qualifiers and, and things of that nature. So you want to touch on a couple of those points? Friction. Yeah. So this is my biggest one is, is adding in as much friction to overcome those targeting issues yeah. uh, or targeting restrictions. So adding friction to this process is a big, uh, is a key way to be able to drive qualified leads. Yep. You come to an ad. If you have a little bit more friction, if it takes you a little bit more work, then that means you're that much more interested in it. Correct. So uh, a scenario with that, having a lead gen ad uh, where it has a form, you know, adding in some more form fields. Yep. 
learning more about your future resident, yep. getting them to give you more information. Also making sure that it's not pre-populated and pre-filled. Right. This is another big issue too, that we see where if you don't choose to, uh, to make them, what is it like a long form? What's yeah, that? What's the actual verbiage around it? Well, I mean, there, there's multiple steps in the process and setting up that ad, you know, when you're, when you're setting up a lead gen ad, mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, the first step form or the first form is just like a simple, like I'm interested kind of thing where yep. it pre-populates all the stuff that you've got in Facebook. Second step form, um, still native within the Facebook platform, but takes you to another step to confirm information. Um, but what it also does is it gives you the ability to add fields that wouldn't necessarily be pre-populated in Facebook, like my desired move-in date or the floor plan or number of bedrooms I might be interested in. Um, so those are easy things to get people to kind of like check back or mm-hmm. check the form and actually show, you know, that they're truly are interested and, you know, give more information to your leasing team. So they're much more powerful, um, when contacting that From person. Standpoint, yeah, absolutely. Um, but another thing too, is with the form, like in it pre-populating, these are just little tiny things that can make a big impact because if it pre-populates your information in your phone number, in your email, that might be an email from when you were, you know, first started college. Yeah. And you never got to, you, you don't have you to know, check it, right? Yeah. It's going through. It's still so. in there. Yeah. Exactly. So making sure that that form does not pre-populate all of your information because that information could be wrong and somebody with happy fingers could just be going through and just clicking through and it makes it super easy to submit well, that form. Well, you know, it's always crazy to me that people think that like people actually sit around and do that and I, I might be wrong. Some people might, um, but I just, I don't think people are, are doing it as much. I think it's more of like a cop out or an excuse to call it, um, you know, poor quality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a few extra steps that you need to take to, to make that much harder for somebody. So rather than even give them the opportunity, right, it's all a quality over quantity thing. So take a little bit more time when you're developing your ad. Yep. Put in the two-step form, make them confirm their information, add some form fields. Absolutely. So I think this kind of segues into a good uh conversation around lead gen mm-hmm. and remarketing. Yep. So you've got two different things, two different strategies uh, or campaigns that are completely different. But right. some people, you know, uh, what we've found is that some people get this confused and with the lead gen, those are for like new people that have not, they don't know who you are. They, and they, they're new users. They're right. new, they're, they're new prospects and a remarketing you're, that's an ad and a campaign that's following you. So they've right. already been to your website or they've submitted a, a lead form somewhere. So they already know you. So why would you set up a lead gen form if they already submitted their information or right. uh, they could be visiting your website and not submit anything. But if you're running off of like a contact list or something and you're remarketing those people, you don't necessarily want to get their information again. They You can push them. I could be wrong, but... Well, I think... You, sh- you shouldn't not try, right? Yeah. And it, it also depends on how old the lead is, right? Yeah. If you're just pulling website traffic yep. and look back windows 30 days, then probably not, right? Yep. Um, but if you're pulling 10-month-old leads to see if people, you know, to try to get traffic from somebody that may have gone with a competitor mm-hmm. or something six months old, then yeah, you know when I want to circle back around and try to get your information again, right? Because maybe you submitted it wrong the first time. It was like a four day submit to dead lead. So, you know, there definitely are advantages to both. 
or there's a scenario where you're running a special offer and your verbiage around that. So say that they've already shown interest. So this is me proving myself, my theory wrong right there, but it's just, there's so, there's so many different scenarios. Of course. And and that's where it takes, um, strategy and really looking at it. Well, and I think just in that conversation, right, we can split, we can split lead gen into four, five, six, seven different buckets, right? And all the things that you can take advantage of with a lead gen campaign, how you can tailor that campaign. Yeah. Same with remarketing, right? I uh, I was making some notes earlier, um, and lead gen's all about awareness, right? Yeah. So it that doesn't mean it's just for a lease up, right? It could be for a special, mm-hmm. or it could be for... Um, generating new prospects, right? Maybe you've got a lot of move outs in 60 days. So you want to create awareness around the area or within a, you know, a certain, um, location around a new special that you might have coming up to everybody within a 10 mile radius, right? You're creating awareness there and trying to drive leads to, or through the system. Yep. But you know, remarketing is mainly to stay relevant, right? But it can also be used in a long look back window as a lead generation remarketing campaign, depending on how far back you go. So Absolutely. there's a, there's a lot of different branches that you can go with those. It's not just one or the other for sure. So I guess with this topic is there's so many different, there's so many different strategies, but there are little things like we mentioned before, some do's that you can do that will help you pre-qualify that will help send you qualified leads. Um, let's lastly, I think touch on don'ts. So any like big don'ts, I know that Facebook is, you know, tightening up the reins and, and making it harder uh, or easier to not become fair housing, uh, not compliant, but... Uh, yeah. Well, you know, don't think you know everything, right? Just because you've done it forever and just because you've done it for, um, you know, 100 different communities or 30 different, however many, right? You should continuously do your research because these things are always changing. Their mm-hmm. compliance is always changing. Fair housing is always changing. So stay, you know, stay now, stay knowledgeable, right? Continue to read, continue to, to look into these things. Don't just think that Facebook's going to save the day for you because yeah. you might get away with one and then it's going to get turned off down the road and you could get yourself in some trouble. It only takes one. It does only take one. That's for sure. So... But a big thing is, is exclusion. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that goes back with staying fair housing compliant. And I think we've talked about this before, but you can't exclude any demographic if you're, if you're doing um, Facebook ads for Mm -hmm. multifamily, Mm -hmm. you cannot hit the exclusion button. Can't. But what you can do is you can tell Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whichever platform to focus on more people that are interested in certain restaurants, bars, employers, things of that nature, right? Yep. So it's more likely to include these people in your campaign. It's a good sure. point. Cool. Well, I think that that's, you know, that's a, a pretty high level overview of Facebook advertising, which this podcast, Facebook advertising one oh one. But guys, if you want to hear more, if you if you have any questions about um, Facebook advertising and you're kind of on the fence Um, reach out to us. We would love to answer those questions. Uh, We've got a team of digital marketers that do this every single day and really dive into the nitty gritty of uh, of Facebook advertising, what um, what's compliant, what's not. 
and really make sure that we tell a story around your um, around your Facebook ads. Uh, our number one priority is quality, qualified leads. We make sure that we focus on qualified leads, and uh, and like we mentioned in the dues, those are things that we put in place. Just a few of the things that we put in place to make sure that those are qualified. So, one thing I want to say before we go, yeah, don't forget about comments. Yeah, comments on your Ooh. ads, right? And if if you're one of one of those people, um, if you're you know required to hide those comments or hide negative comments, um, we suggest at least taking into account what people have to say because oftentimes listening to those comments and, and taking those back and, and, and looking at them um, could be some residents sitting in one of your units with a problem that could be really easy to fix if you pay attention. So pay yep. attention to the comments. Completely agree. Don't hide them. Just address it. Get it taken care of. Um, you're the one that knows your property best. So bite the bullet. Have a talk with them. And you'll be good. Yep. So, all right, guys. Well, this was Facebook Advertising 101. And, uh, again, if you guys have any questions, please reach out to us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram. We're on every single social channel. And uh, if you can, leave us a comment uh, and a rating on iTunes. iTunes, all the stuff. All the stuff. So, all right, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.